wrestle with intimacy with the Lord. I wrestle with, God, I need more of you. I wrestle with this mindset of like, God, I'm doing this for you. Why, is, why are things not happening? And over the years, I've realized that there's an abiding in Christ that I really, if I miss that, I miss everything else. So what I'm going to sh- just share about today is just abiding in Christ. And then I'm going to give four, um, there's an amazing book called With. It's by a man named Sky the Ch- Giatani. I probably butchered his name. Sky, I apologize if you listen to this. Probably not, but hey. Um, but I, just with, being with God, encountering the presence of the Lord. Um, not what God can do for us, but how do we build relationship with him? So um, I'm going to read from John chapter 15, verses 4 to 7. Um, okay, here we go. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, so um, I, I went old school. I, didn't, I don't use modern technology. I wrote it down, pen and paper. Um, so if you hear me wrestle, so um, yeah. So one of the things I've experienced just in since being a Christian, I've been a Christian for about 10 years now, is there is this, what can God do for me mindset. God, like, you are this for me. You are, and and there's a big, God, I want to just experience you. I want to experience being with you. I want to wake up in the morning and just say, God, be with me right now. No, I don't need to ask you anything. I don't want anything from you. I just desire you. So um, this book, there's four, four things that he um, focuses on. And it's basically talking about how do we view God. And the church preaches on this many times. Um, And then there's a fifth thing, which is the with part. Um, So I've noticed, I'm guilty of this many times, that sometimes my way of God is, God, what can you do for me? You know, God, how can you do me? How How do I become better. So what I'm basically doing is I'm putting myself on a pedestal above God saying, God, I am the chief. You know, so I'm, I do this many, 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 many times. Um, yeah, so the first one I want to just give is life under God. Now, I live this for many, many years. Basically, God is the master. I am the slave. I grew up in, um, as I said, in foster homes. And the idea of God as a loving father, it's something I'm still wrestling with to this day. What does a loving father look like? What does a son look like? You know, and we have this master-slave mentality. So, So when we have life under God, it's this mindset of, God, if I do this, you will bless me like this. Now, let me give you an example of this, okay? So God, some people will say, we tithe 10%. That's great, right? Um, God, I read the Bible every day. God, I only listen to worship music. I don't listen to secular music. Now, if I do these things, 
God will bless me. So if I tithe, God will, there's a to and throw. Because I've given my money, God will give his money back to me. Now, one of the problems I've noticed about that is there's always, you can always do more. So as a slave, there's always this God, and I, I've done this, it's like, I need to get to your love. If I do more, surely you will love me more. If I give 11%, you will love me more. Then why stop at 11? Why not go to 20%? Then God's going to love me even more. And then God's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. But we can never get to a place where we like, God loves me because we're so busy living under God where he's literally standing on us and saying, if I do more, you will love me more. And I do this all the time, unfortunately. Um, now, there's a verse in Galatians. Guys, you're probably not going to like this. Um, where he talks about circumcision. Now, in, in the Old Testament, circumcision was the, you were separated from the Lord if you circumcised. And Paul, I love Paul. Sometimes he's like very, very blunt. And Paul it's somewhere in Galatians, I don't remember the exact verse, but he's like, yeah, if you're talking about circumcision being above, why not go a little bit more? So he talks about, why not just cut it all off? So all the guys are just cringing right now. And, but it's like, God is saying, like, they, they're, they're so focused on this life under God that, yes, I'm circumcised, I am better than you. I give 10%, I am better than you. I read my Bible for five minutes every day, I am better than you. And God's like saying, well, just cut it all off then. If you think that that standard for me is circumcision, then why not just chop the whole thing off? And then, and then while you're at it, don't just chop that off. Why not chop an arm off as well? We're constantly trying to earn God's favor. We're constantly trying to say, God, bless me. The more I give, the more that you will bless me. I've done this in my Bible reading. I'm like, yay, I read my Bible today. I read it for 20 minutes. I'm a super Christian. Uh, yeah, I'm not. If you look at my life, I'm still a broken person, just the same as everybody else. Um, okay, God clearly says in Galatians 4 verse 3, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And then in a son through God. And for me, I'm still figuring that out. What does a son mean? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to do it with Luke now. And I'm just like, what does a dad look like? I'm like, I haven't lived with my dad since I was seven years old. I love my dad and I've been with my dad. But I'm like, I don't know. There's no, I can read a thousand books on how to be a good dad. But Luke is different than any other kid in the world. And I'm still just trying to figure stuff out. So what does that look like? He's not under me. I'm not his master. He is not my slave. He's my son. I want to love him like a son. I want to love God like He's my father and I'm my son, and I have no idea how to do that. So if anyone has good tips, please chat to me afterwards because I would love to connect with you because I wrestle with that on a daily basis. The second one is life over God. Basically, this is basically saying we are in control. We don't need God. The only time we need God is when we're at a last chance and he's like, God, help me, please. I've done all of this on my own strength. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I've done all of this, and it hasn't worked. I need you. And God's kind of like this last saloon, last chance person where you're just like, please, God, help me. And again, the church teaches this, you know? And science, technology, media have basically said we don't need God, you know? I need Google. Because... <laughs> 
because Google will answer all of my questions. I can, I can look at Google. I can ask any question about religion, any question about Jesus, any question about Christianity, and I will get 100,000 answers. Unfortunately, all of those answers are different than the previous one. So then I'm left going, well, where am I going? Rather than going to the source, which is the word, and saying, God, what does your word say? You know, show me your word. Show me your glory. What does it mean to go, when it says abide, what does that even mean? Like, language has been so twisted over the years and changed. And it's like, when it was written, what did abide mean? Um, so, yeah, God is the last resort. And we get to a place where we go, help, God, I need you. I've tried everything, but I cannot do this without you. Okay, life from God. I hate this one, but I do it all the time. ATM Jesus. I ask, God gives. Now, God calls us to give, and it's great to give, and it's great that we come to God and say, God, you are the provider. But the question I want to ask is, are we more excited than the presents, like the gifts, or are we more excited about the giver or the presence of the Lord? Sometimes we go to the Lord like an ATM. It's like, God, give me. And he's like, no. You're like, well, then you're not good then. And when he does give you, it's like, oh, hallelujah, God is amazing. And we're just like, doesn't, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord for stuff. We're encouraged to ask us to the Lord. Um, Matthew 7, verse 7 to 12 clearly says this. And I will just read it out for you. Okay. Um, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receive, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. So that God is clearly saying ask. But the problem with that is we ask and we ask and we ask, but it's this one way, I ask you, give me relationship. It's an ATM. I enter the ATM, I would say 20 pounds, but I don't usually have 20 pounds in my account, so I have to do 10 pounds and it will give me 10 pounds. That's our view of Jesus. There's, it's a transaction. It's a transactional relationship. You know, there's no transformation taking place. Okay? We need to desire God's presence, C-E, English, American, crap, C-E, there you go, as my brain is confused. I edit, I, I, taught, I taught American English in South Korea, so I had more my spelling, and I'm a journalist, so let's just say my editing is really interesting sometimes. Um, but we must get the presence of the Lord. Only that will transform us. Okay, the last one is life for God. Now, I'm going to call this missionary syndrome. I do this for the Lord. I'm going for Jesus. I'm going to plant a church for Jesus. One of the things God spoke to me very clearly once, he's like, I actually don't need you. It sounds harsh, but he's just like, I don't need you. I can do this by myself, but I want to do this with you. So, again, my mindset of like, my life for God Okay? I am planting a church. I am building a ministry. We are starting engagement breaks for the kingdom, which it sounds great, but who's going to get the glory at the end of the day? Me. 
who's going to go, wow, you guys have a great ministry. Oh, come on. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want anybody to go, hey, like, congratulations. Like, your ministry is amazing. I'm like, I want people to see the ministry and say, man, there's a presence of the kingdom here. There's, when, I, when I talk, when people come into my house, I want them to feel Jesus in the house. I don't want them to be like, oh, the, well, this is just a house. I want them to be like, well, there's something different about this house. What's going on? And, you know, so for me, like, this life for God, I, sh I, I wrestle with it. I'm, I'm a missionary. I've been a missionary even before I joined YWAM. Um, when I went to Japan, I intentionally went to Japan where the earthquake and the tsunami was because I knew that I could make a difference. I knew that in my schools, the English is really low. In, in, in the north of Japan. So what I I did icebreakers and all every literally my icebreakers were worship songs that you filled in the blanks. That's all I did because I didn't know how to reach out to them and tell them about Jesus. I was like, what is the easiest thing I can do? Well let's just play worship songs in a classroom. I remember in 2006, I was teaching on in China on a Christ on Christmas Day, because they don't celebrate Christmas. And I was sharing about the birth of Jesus. Not even realizing, A, A, I wasn't a Christian, not, for another year. B, it was illegal in China to even evangelize. And here I was, standing in a classroom in front of these seven or eight-year-olds saying, hey, so in, we, people believe in Christmas to be the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, I then brought the secular element in, but I was just like, wow, I was teaching people about Jesus, A, illegally, before being a Christian. And... You know, so, yeah, I'm still here. Thank you, Jesus. Um, okay, so, yeah, life under God, from God, and for God. Each seeks to use God as a means to an end. Okay, life from God uses him to supply our material desires. ATM Jesus, I need this, God will give me this. Okay, life over God means he is a source only when we need him. It's that, help God, I've tried a hundred things. You may be the last resort that I can actually encounter with. Life under God. We try to manipulate God through obedience to secure blessings. If I read my Bible for 10 minutes every day, surely God will love me. If I, if I give my 10%, surely God will love me. But if I give my 15%, God's going to love me even more. And all the people that say give, everyone's like, yes, come on, 15%, let's do this. But again, we're always, it's a heart motive behind giving as well. Life for God uses him and his mission to gain a sense of direction and his purpose. I gave the example of our ministry of like, yeah, we're doing this for God. Like, I want God to get the glory, but I want to do this with God. I don't want to do this and God's just in the back room. And I'm just going along getting to a place where I'm like, God, I need you. I want every day for me to say, Lord, I need you. Not I have to do this, but I want to do this. I want to encounter you. Um, which now brings us to abide. The goal is not to use God. Our goal is God. Okay? We don't tithe, read our Bible because we have to. We do it because we want to. Sorry, I just have this really cute distraction. I mean, it's, it's not exactly uh, easy to uh, maintain eye focus with you guys. Sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> um, 
But we want to. When I, when I open my Bible, I say, God, I want to spend time with you right now. Not because I have to, not because you're going to judge me or smite me, but because I want to experience your presence. When I go throughout my day and I'm like, Lord, I, I need you. I can't do this without you. I want the presence of the Lord in me. And that's what we mean by abiding. God is not my last resort. Okay? He is my source throughout the day. When I wake up throughout the day, when I, when I go to bed, I should be saying, God, let me just encounter you right now. You know, and I, gave, I have this picture back in, you know, Genesis, how God walked with Adam and Eve before the fall came. You know, I, I imagine God, and you're saying, the Lord was with Adam and Eve. And I imagine the Lord just kind of, I'll use Aaron. Aaron's going to be God. You can be God. Come on, come stand up. You can be God. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be Adam. I, I imagine kind of like Adam and God just literally just walking like this and just going, hey, so how you, how you, how you doing today, God? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? We'll just see when we get there. Yeah, okay, cool. But I imagine this relationship. Adam and God just walking with one another. There was no God, you are up here. Or, God, I am a slave. You are this holy being. Yeah, good job. Okay. But there is this withness that, that was taking place. Okay. So my desire, and what I want to just share with is this. We, to A, take moments of the day to just say, God, I don't want anything from you. I just want you. God, my bank account is zero. But you are bigger than my bank account, and I just choose to encounter you. Okay, so how do we abide? Number one, we connect. A branch is connected to the vine, and the vine is connected to the branch. We, in order to produce fruit, we need to be connected. We need to connect with Jesus. Okay, we need to say, God, I need you. God, I cannot do this without you. Number two, dependence. The branch needs the vine. The branch gets its life from the vine. We are the branch. God is the vine. We need that life source, that living water on a daily basis to say, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. I don't want to do this without you. I don't want to go throughout the day and say, God, where are you? I want to go, God, you're literally right here with me right now. And I feel that. If I feel that, I can take on the world. Like, I can take on everything that is in front of me because I know that you are with me. And you are bigger than all of my problems. You are bigger than all of my financial struggles. You are bigger than my, do I do this? Do I do this? You are bigger than everything. And, but I need you to say, God, do I go this way or do I go this way? You know? Um, and then the last thing we do is we just need to continue to abide. Abide in Greek is it's called meno which means to remain, to stay, or to continue. Jesus, we need Jesus to stay in us, to reside and abide in us. We need to remain in Jesus. So basically what we're trying to say is like, Jesus can be, I can do missions and Jesus can be far away. And I can, it can still flourish. But there's going to get a wall where literally I get to a point, I'm like, it's not going anymore. The same with the church. You know, like, I've, I've been in this church in a number of years and, I, and I've seen some of the things that has happened over the last few years. And you guys are picking yourselves back up now and moving forward together. Okay? Like, you guys right here are the church, not Aaron. 
He's just like the soldier that basically just says, hey, let's go for this. And everyone else is like, come on, let's do this. But he needs, we need each one of us. We need to abide in Christ and say, Christ, you are the vine. You are the living water. You are the source. You are my provider. You are my strength. You are my shield. I need you. I cannot do this without you. I don't want to do this without you. If you read your Bible, the next time you read your Bible, I hope you don't say, tick, read my Bible today. I'm a good Christian. But you say, God, I want you to speak to me right now. I want to encounter you. I want your presence. You know, when you, if you're struggling financially, just say, God, I need you. Like, you, you have a plan, but it's never about the money. It's, I want to focus on you right now because you are bigger than the minus column. You are greater than my, my bill that I'm still struggling to pay, and I want to abide in you. So that's just my encouragement for you guys, I think, this morning of just abiding in Christ, of just like saying, you know, there are four things that we do. The church tells us to do this, you know, the, the over God, the under God, the from God, the for God. But there's a withness and saying, God, I want to do this with you. And not just with God, we need one another. You know, I need you to walk alongside me. You know, and as a church, we need our brothers and we need our sisters to walk alongside one another. So I'm going to hand it over to Aaron and he's going to just lead us and facilitate the time. Um, thank you.